Hello guys, welcome to an episode of the Arsaholics. Thank you for tuning in. Um, it's been a little while, we've had a little bit of a break following the end of uh, the, the season just gone, uh, but we are back, we are back. Um, Raj, Aaron, how are we doing boys? We are back. We are back, we are good, we are good. Uh, is that a Spider-Man outfit behind you? I'm in the playroom. Oh right, oh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's a cushion. There's loads of random cushions here, mate, and and stuff. I'll, I'll change it every time. Every, every every time I sit here, I'll put put a different cushion out and a little talking point. Eh? Uh, I was just wondering. <laughs> like, it looks pajamas, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good, mate. We're good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. I'm buzzing, buzzing after yesterday. Uh, so obviously we're recording uh, 24 hours after the England Germany game. So yeah, abs- absolutely buzzing after that result, as the whole country is. Um, so like, yeah, I just watched it at home, uh, with, with the family. What about you guys? I watched it with some friends. Yeah, it was good. Um, very sociable thing to do football. Yeah. I see where this is going. <laughs> the thing is, I'm really comfortable in my own company. I don't need other people. Um, so, okay. Look, I don't have any friends. I watched it on my own. Um, it was That's okay. Yeah, I know. You know, if you tell me it's okay, yeah. you don't have to tell me. I know it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's completely fine. Um, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, cried a little bit. I had um, a uh, you cried a little bit. No, no, no. Yeah, because I was happy, not because I was lonely. What the hell? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, no, yeah, I had a little whiskey at the end. Like, it was really nice. I really, really enjoyed the game. It was nice. Um, it was. It was. I think it was like this collective moment in the country, wasn't it? Where everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like could we actually win this tournament? Mm. I know it's like really early doors and there's lots more games to go, but I think, you know, the mentality, I think, I was like, if we can beat Germany and, you know, well, why, why can't we beat anyone well, in front of us? You've got the semis in the final at home as well. It's a massive yeah. factor, isn't it? It's such a big factor. But got got to win on Saturday first. Yeah, we should try and make sure we put this out before Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, like, we've just lost the Ukraine? And then someone puts this on to like distract them, and here we are talking about how great England are. Um, no, but it, it should be good, and I think um, it's there's a, like a, a collective realization that actually, like England are quite a good team now, um, in not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well, saying and doing the right things. Southgate is very much, um, yeah, he's he seems like quite a decent manager, and he's getting the big calls right tactically switching around between a back three, back four, and, you know, his use of the squad, rotating them in and out. Um, it's, yeah, like international football is very different. And when you realize how different that, when you accept that international football is different from club football and actually you can't just go and play stylistic, beautiful, free-flowing, attacking football because no international team does that nowadays, you actually realize that maybe Southgate is actually quite good at this very experienced at tournaments isn't he and he you know as a player and as a manager and he's just had time to figure it out you think like but I think one of the big the big differences for me it feels like is in the past it's always felt England have had quite a good core set of players and but when you look to the bench you're a little bit like "Mm, okay you know and now it's genuinely a case where you know you're debating on a game-by-game basis as to who can start and whoever starts you look at the bench and you're just like wow like Mm. the number of players on that bench that that you would happily start in this game, you know, and um, and I think you know lots of the other backing stats are, are just really compelling, you know, about the fact that what's it? I think I think six of the England squad, at least six, were playing in the Champions League final. Oh right, yeah. Like yeah, if, exactly. if you think about it, like we've just got so many players who are competing at the right at the top of of football, right, right at the very top, and there really aren't any other teams that can say that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? It's really cool. And, and our boy Saka, like, you know, and, uh, you know, I think none of us thought he would play such a big role. Um, you know, we thought it'd be good experience, but how, how different has it been? Yeah. 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 It's so good. And it, it's quite funny because it's almost like there are certain people in the English media who don't really seem to re- like seem quite surprised at how good Saka is. And, you know, all of us are like, well, we, we've known this, like, this is him. He's literally been carrying us to, to a world eighth place, but he's been carrying us all season. And, you know, they've seen him 
like how good he is in tight spaces, how good he is at running with the ball. And people are genuinely surprised. And there were people uh, when he got, when he made the squad who said like, Oh, like why is he even in the squad? But now people think he should be starting. And it's just showing how, how good he is and how, like how you know, consistently he he proves people wrong. You know, you know the thing that I'm loving at the moment is the the the, the salty United fans, just because <laughs> Sancho is not getting in the team, Rashford's not getting in the team. Like it's absolutely, oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like all of my United mates, they're just they're just like, yeah, why why is Saka starting? And even when he's doing good things, just not giving him any any credit. Yeah, but. 80, 80 million pound uh, Sancho, who I think is actually a very good player. Yeah, I know, I really like um, Sancho. As well. Yeah, um, <clears> but yeah, I mean if. Um, if Sancho is worth eighty million, how much is Saka worth, mate? You <laughs> know, even if we take the bias, if we take our rose tinted glasses away, it's hard to not even have an argument like that at the moment, right? Because the fact of the matter is, this is you know, Jaden Sancho has been this awesome player for Dortmund, and and he's done really well, and deservedly been starting for England, and has a huge price tag. And Man United have had two seasons of pursuing this guy. You know, will they pay a hundred million? Will they not? And He's being left out of the team by a guy who he, you know, Saka hasn't really played right wing for the majority of his Arsenal career, um, and mm. you know he's he's just when he's there, he's nineteen years old. He's 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 really killing it, and it's it's a really really interesting thing. I think even as an Arsenal fan to put that into context, you know, when when we think the grass is always greener with you know players from other teams or whatever, it's time to appreciate some of the good players that we do have, and we've got a genuinely genuine top talent and it's lovely to see him doing well in a team you know other than Arsenal and having fans other than Arsenal fans as you guys say actually go well hang on a minute Jesus he can do that he can turn and run what the mm. hell was that you know it was uh yeah it's really cool yeah hopefully more to come right imagine this squad with you know, throwing Smith Rowe um and a couple more of the academy kids that'd be um it'd be awesome my dog's you got night- my dog's having a nightmare oh no this <laughs> is like chirping away Sorry. I was going to say, do you guys think he's starting on, on Saturday? Saka? Yeah, yeah, Saka. Um, I hope so, because I know he got taken off and I think he got taken off at nil-nil, right? Yeah, but, Grealish game. Um, he still had a very good game. It's not like he was playing badly. He had a very good first half, right? Second half, he was a bit quiet, yeah. but he was he was one of the most dangerous players in the first half, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he does, because it just makes England... That little bit more fun to watch. I think the yeah. advantage as well is, I think you know, when he's when he starts, the, I think the big advantage it gives to Gareth Southgate is what he can do with the team because you know he can make substitutions to other players and just slot Saka in into a number of different positions. And you know, I thought that was you know his strong selling point for going anyway, but I didn't expect him to be. Uh, you know, a, a starter. Uh, but you know, if if he is gonna, if if he can get on the pitch as a starter, then he just he just provides so much access to different formations, different systems. Like on the, you know, on the game that's just gone. Obviously, Southgate made some really fantastic decisions in the end, in hindsight. But you know, he could have say said, "Oh, actually, I want to take off Luke Shaw and I'll just move Saka to left back." The commentator said that, didn't yeah. they? The the co commentator suggested mm. that. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 So um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, be really interesting to see. Yeah, the lineup for Uruguay, Uruguay, Ukraine. Sorry, <laughs> it's not the bloody World Cup. Uh, yeah. yeah, one step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Let's hope he. Yeah, let's hope he. I hope he does start and hopefully puts in a good another good performance. Um, seems to be a key player for Southgate. So yeah, no, it's really nice to see, isn't it? Really, really nice to see. And you just went to the end of that. You mentioned Mize. I remember you you said when we were talking and we were. We were talking about the England squad and we talked about the pros and cons about Saka going. And I remember you you, you were probably the, the one out of all of us who said the most about how it would be a really good experience for him, you know, mm. even if he doesn't play, about learning. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I didn't at that time think that was that big a deal. I was a bit like, well, like, okay, whatever. But but I think you're completely right. Like, I, I think, you know, from hearing his his interviews and just hearing, you know, other players talking about him and even kind of seeing training footage, you can tell. He's really getting a lot out of this. Mm, you know, he's mm. really like developing. So, from a development point of view, completely concur. I think you were spot on. I think he's going to come back a better player. I just yeah, hope yeah, he gets he the rest he needs. So, but yeah, the rest and the other the other thing. I think I might have said this before as well. The worrying thing is obviously he's now pally with uh, a number of players from Chelsea, City, United, etc., and just don't know what these guys are saying to him. Um, you know. And uh, that that's a little bit of a concern because if we, if we have another crap season, 
Um, I think we will be asking that question: How much are we going to well, save? Maybe, him for? maybe he's um, he's convincing the likes of Graylish and you know Rice to come to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a log shot, but I think I agree. I think initially, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been too upset if he wasn't selected. But I can see there are significant benefits. The so one thing I'm a bit worried about is, you know, the pressure the media puts on regular England players once they become regulars. You've seen what the media have done to Sterling in the past. Um, and I just hope, you know, if Saka does have a bad game, that A, I hope the media don't, you know, turn their backs on him like they have done with other players. But I hope he can kind of just ignore that stuff because it eventually will come mm. as part of the territory with England players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that he'll benefit he will benefit from the fact that the media have had so many very public um, fuck-ups, basically. Do you know what I mean? In how they've treated a lot of, of our younger players. And, you know, Saka comes across as an extremely, like, polite, respectful guy. And, you know, he's incredibly likable. So I think that will help as well. You know, I, again, I really I just hope the media have learned their lessons, um, you know, and, and, and probably don't put that kind of pressure on him when he... When he if he does ever slip up because he's young and who knows you know i i really hope you know he'll come through it and the and, and he's not pulled over the coals I, I optimistic he won't i think he's got it sounds like he's got good people around him doesn't he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely um do you have a chat about some of the other players who've our players who've been on international duty you've seen the euros cop america um there's been quite a few actually but uh one of the ones that's had a obviously a pretty good tournament and a great game the other day. I think he was man of the match was Granit Xhaka. Um, but obviously he looks like he's on the way out um, to Roma. Uh, but yeah, like what do you guys think of that performance? Because it was, uh, you know, he's going up against probably the best, arguably the best central midfield in international football with Pogba and Kante. Um, and, you know, he was, he was immense, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was very good. And, this isn't surprising, right? We've seen he's had a good second half of the season. He's, you know, probably on his best run of form for a long time. Hasn't done anything horrendously stupid for a, a while, which is good. And, you know, he had a good game. I thought, well, I thought France weren't at their best either, to be fair. They'd shifted around formation and were sort of all over the place for a bit. But no, Jacka was really good. But it doesn't change my mind that I'm pretty happy that he's going because i think i don't think he really likes arsenal that much yeah yeah i I, are you um are you happy with the fee that's been uh mentioned what is is it i could be wrong raj you can correct me is it sort of 12 million euros plus add-ons taking it to sort of 15 but that's 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 not that's ridiculous it could be it could be wrong i'm not sure i thought more recently sort of the numbers that have been quoted seem to be between 15 and 20 actually like um i think the challenge is is I think he's only got one more year on his contract after this, doesn't he? Um, I, I want to say that's the case. I think possibly, yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Sure. And so, and he's twenty-eight, and like, oh yeah, it's you know, great age. Like, but no, I agree. I, I think um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because in a very similar way to what one of you guys said about Saka before, about fans from other clubs being like, oh wow, he can do this. Um, you know, Xhaka's performance against Switzerland against France the other day. Uh, he, he's been playing really well for us for uh, you know the second half of the season just gone. He's, he's basically been playing you know very very well. He's been uh, in my point of view, in my perspective, he was he was one of our better players last season. So I, like the passing range that was on display uh, in the game against France, like it wasn't really a surprise. But as Aaron and says, like I think the, the fact of the matter is we've 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 had Jacker play for us over a number of seasons. As we know what he's good at. Like there are things that he is genuinely good at. Okay, managers clearly like him and stuff and whatever. But but for whatever reason, like it's just it's not enough. And we've tried; it's just not enough. And and I think it is coming to a point. Like you mentioned, Aaron, I think he just kind of he probably just doesn't want to be around anymore. We probably just need to move on. This is probably a similar situation to Bellerin. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those like mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just time to move on. And hopefully we do get a good price, but. I don't, I'm not confident of us getting anything more than 20 million, to be honest. Yeah, given the fact that he's got what either a year or two years, I don't know, left on his contract. I think, yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's suited to another Premier League club. I think 
what's going to happen is he'll go if it is if he does go to Roma he'll go to Roma and I think he'll do quite well because a bit like international football uh you know Italian football just is a little bit slower and you know gives midfielders the time to you know find their rhythm find their space and just dictate a bit more and I think that was that would suit Chaka a lot more so you know you can see him going to somewhere like Roma and being, you know, I don't know what Jose Mourinho will do to him, but being one of their better players, right? Um, a bit like how Mkhitaryan went there and, you know, got ridiculous number of assists and goals goals for them. So just because he's gone and goes and does well somewhere else doesn't mean that we were right or wrong to to sell him. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's clear he doesn't really want to be here. He's been, you know, quite open about the fact that, you know, he's talking to Roma and Roma are interested. I think... He, you know, when he arrived in Rome for the game, he said, like, this is a beautiful city. Um, and then he said something like, what if the interviewer asked him, can we do the, the interview in Italian? He said, no, not yet. Um, so, <laughs> wow. So, like, I think he's very much looking forward to leaving. I'm looking forward to him leaving. I'd say, good player, didn't really hit the ceiling he probably could have hit. And, you know, I'll thank him for his service, but I'm not going to be too upset that he's going. Yeah, yeah, pretty much agree with all of that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and uh, like I said, there's a few other players: um, Kieran Tierney, uh, Bert Leno. Obviously, they're both now out. Uh, well, their teams are now out, um, which is probably a good thing, really, um, especially Tierney because he wasn't even fit, was he, um, for the first game? Was it? So, and he seems to be the kind of player that, well, if he picks up an injury, then he's out for sort of six weeks, eight weeks. So, I think good thing that he's back. I mean, any thoughts on? I'm trying to think if there's any other players at the Euros, but. Um, Obviously, Leonard, Leonard didn't play, so it's just Tierney, really, I believe. Anyone else? I missed anyone? Not in the Euros, mate. I mean, you know, there's there's a couple of players elsewhere in other tournaments, but otherwise, yeah, that that's it. And I think it's nice for Tierney to come back and get a holiday, uh, at least a decent a, de- a decent break. And super cool that he signed up a new contract the other day. Mm, right? yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah he did, didn't he? Oh, yes. That is that is smart. Like, I like... It feels like a while where we've actually just got a player who's on form to just sign a new contract without much like fuss or nonsense. And everyone agrees that he should be given a new contract. He gets a new contract, he signs a new contract, and we just move on. Um, so well done to like, Edu and whoever else is I do, responsible for getting that done. I do think, though, that Tierney falls into that category of player for us that if we don't have a much better season this season, he will be looking to move. I don't know if that's an obvious yeah. thing to say, but despite him signing a new, was it how much five year contract was five it? Five year deal. But then the fact that he signed a five year deal means that even if he does want to go mm. next season, like it's good money. He, it's not like he can like wait out his contract because that's another four years. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, obviously yeah. we'll get good money for him. But as in, it's almost like the, the duration of the contract doesn't really mean a huge amount apart from the fact that, like you said, it means that we'll get, get good money for him if, if that ends up happening. But yeah, I think the nice thing is it doesn't seem like a guy who'd move for money. You know, it doesn't come across that. that no, but that's what I mean. If we have a bad season, so in terms of we're not, you know, we don't progress or we don't challenge the top four, get to four, I don't know, whatever the goals are going to be next season, um, which is a bit of a concern because I think there's a few players that fall into that category or maybe there's a couple. There's a couple. But what is quite nice, right, is that, you know, kind of to your point, Aaron, like, it's really good that we extend this contract. And if you look over the last 12 months, actually there's quite a lot of these a young kind of core who have had their contracts extended. Um, and I think there's a number of people in that process that you, that you've pro- probably got to give props to. And, and, and one is probably the manager because these players, I mean, if, if they didn't believe in the manager, if they didn't think that the manager could improve them, I, I imagine that that isn't is something that they would be thinking about. And even in Tierney's comments after he signed, he was full of praise for, you know, how Arteta has brought him along and, you know, what Arteta is doing to his game. Um, so I think that is really nice. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a nice place to be when you finish eighth in the league and you've got basically your, your best prospects all trying to commit themselves to the club. It's a nice place to be, right? It, it's, it's, it's not, it indicates that everything behind the scenes isn't as doom and gloom as, as some would make out. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think... Um... I'm cautiously optimistic and maybe this is dangerous um, because I think I'm sure every summer I'm cautiously optimistic, but like 
it sounds like we've learned our lessons with some of the the signings and mistakes we've made of the past. Um, and that that was a big thing for me is this summer show that you are signing the right types of players and we can talk about this in a bit but also just make sure you are operating like a proper football club does yeah in terms of renewing your player contracts regularly making sure you you get out players that you sell players that you don't want at the club um and we've got a huge amount of work to do so the earlier we get some of these things done the better uh exactly that um and just yeah the other players that are on international duty Raju, i think you mentioned you know not just the euros but um you know what i'm not really been keeping tabs on the copper america is it lucas Torreira? he's the only one there yeah he, oh, right. he's he's there I, I haven't really been watching copper america but i did mm. see i looked at how uruguay have been doing and particularly like how he he's been and it seems like he started the first game he came on as a sub in the second game and has basically been out of the team so mm. um I think, yeah, probably doesn't sound like he's he's probably had the greatest performances if he's, you know, if that's the trajectory. Um, but they have got, um, I think, the quarterfinal on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, the, the Copa America is a bit of a, I don't know if you've been watching any of it, but it's a bit of a waste of time for the group stages because because of the way COVID happened and they had two guest teams drop out. Um, there's two groups of five and the top four in each group go through. So, wow, really? I didn't know that. Bad, yeah. And like the two worst teams are clearly, I think it's Bolivia and Venezuela. Um, so they play each other. They play what I guess four four games each, and it's almost impossible to go out. <laughs> um, so the real, I think the the knockout rounds are either starting now or starting around now. So okay, yeah, okay. it'll finally start to get good. <laughs> I guess for Torreira, all we really care about is hopefully he has a decent tournament and therefore he has more value. You know, I think we've resigned ourselves to the fact that he's not going to be an Arsenal player, right? Mm. Mm. Looks like it, doesn't it? It looks like he wants out. Should we have a chat about transfers then and links? And I think so, because I think the only, uh, you know, aside from that, the only international stuff is obviously we, we've got Gabriel, who mm. is going, who is with the under-23 Brazil squad in the Olympics. The only annoying thing about that is it starts late, doesn't it? It basically starts at the end of July. So, like, that's kind of guaranteed that he won't have a proper preseason with us, maybe start and maybe miss the beginning. I think at the moment, Gabriel Martinelli isn't in the squad. And there's been lots of confusion about this because he seemingly was put into a squad that was publicized a while ago. And, um, but it turns out that seems to be just, that seems to have been just like a provisional squad. And he didn't get into the final squad. But it seems like, I think that there's been a couple of injuries or whatever and he might be going back in. I'm really hopeful he doesn't go into that squad because it'd be mm. really nice for him to just have a proper Arsenal preseason. And, you know, if, if mm. he's going to try yeah. and break break back into the team and, and all the rest of it, like, yeah. He can still qualify to play for Italy, can't he? Mm. Can he? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he can. I think I've read that somewhere. Because that's how he got through his work permit stuff with us. He qualified for an Italian Oh, has he got like an Italian passport? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which would be kind of mad but yeah um all right cool i mean there's been so in terms of transfers there's been i mean it's been mental hasn't it despite the fact that the euros have been on there's been so many links um and i have struggled to keep up with it all but i guess uh do you want to talk about outgoings first or potential outgoings um so what mavropanos was confirmed as leaving is it a season-long loan with a Obligation to buy? Is that right? Option. To yeah, buy. I, I always find those option to buy things really weird. I'm, I'm just like, well, what if you if you're gonna if you've got an option to buy, which is basically usually enforced sometimes. Um, I'm just like, why don't you buy him now? <laughs> but I think it's like if they stay up, they buy him basically. Yeah. But if they don't, if they get relegated, then he could come back. Yeah, it's an obligation to buy if they stay up, and it's an option to buy if they go down. Yeah, and okay. it's an option I think, which is a smaller option to buy. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I imagine some of it, like some of the reason they do these deals, is because of finances and liquidity. And oh whatever, yeah, like, absolutely, whatever. Like, but, um, but you were you were a big um, fan of Mavropanos, weren't you, Raj? I, c- I can imagine you're probably quite sad that he's not really going to oh, be given a chance. Do you know what? It's probably un. It'd probably be wrong to say that I knew enough of about him <laughs> to describe myself as a fan. I. Look, 
I think the way I looked at it was we signed this guy. We thought he had talent and and potential. He was, as I said, like one. I think he was Minslin Tat's first signing. Clearly, like we we rated him, played a couple of games for us. And I thought massive guy, quick. Oh, he has ingredients. He's very young. We've loaned him out, and seemingly he's done okay on loan. So so in my mind, like that's all the things happen for you to suggest that yes, this guy could be a mm. decent player. Um, so I think it just confused me a little bit that we didn't then. Like what? What more did we want him to do? Uh, it, look, it could be that the devil's in the detail, and they've really looked at his season at Stuttgart and thought, okay, yeah, there's some good stuff that he did, but actually, like, we don't actually think he's good enough. But m- maybe that's the case, you know. And when I looked at um, sort of the German Bundesliga team of the year, he wasn't in it. He wasn't actually even in the Bundesliga have like defenders of the year as well, and he wasn't in that group. So. He clearly wasn't that outstanding. Um, but I like the idea that he was just very big, very fast. And, um, and you know, and like, I, I, I think those two ingredients in themselves, I thought would be, would be pretty cool. But, but hey, you know, whatever. It wasn't to be. Um, I, 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 did we recoup the amount that we spent on him? I probably, probably sure. about. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I feel like we signed him for next to nothing. Okay. So maybe made, um, made a few million, like. But. Yeah, I think it was more just a case of like the centre back situation of, and I'm sure we can talk about this later on. Is already pretty ridiculous as it is um, with the incomings and outgoings and contract situations and whatnot. But like, I think you only really keep someone like him if you're convinced he can drastically improve us. And I think, yeah, they weren't convinced that he was significantly better than what we had and. Money came in for him. You know, he was probably pretty happy out there. So he thought, you know what, it just makes sense for everyone to let him go. Yeah, it definitely made sense from that perspective because Minslinta is at Stuttgart. And yeah. so he's probably there for his confidence. He's just like, the guy who wanted me to Arsenal wants me here as well. I'm wanted, you know, mm. like you're saying, right. Like I imagine that was a big thing. And look, the pressures of playing for Stuttgart are not the same as the pressures of playing for Arsenal. It's, it's, it's not the same. Um so yeah, look, look, I'm, f- I'm fine with it. Like, I, in, in in many ways, I'm, I'm in a bit of a trust of the club phase, of, you know, in in my mind at the moment. So I think they would have thought about it long and hard and thought, fine, whatever. But um, yeah, I wish him well. Like, I, I kind of, I, I do hope he has a good career. Like, because he's one of those guys that, you know, fine. Like, you know, we loaned him out, and there are some other players, like William Saliba, for example. Obviously, I still really <clears> want him to do well at Arsenal, but. Oh my god! Like the drama around the last year, and the, you know, the kind of like you know his comments or his agents' comments and whatever. It's all bit like, but Mavropoulos, he never heard anything about it. Do you know what I mean? He went, he just played, he shut up, he played, and he didn't hear any complaining, and it's not worked out, and he's not disciplined. So I kind of it just seems like a good egg, doesn't he? So just uh, yeah, hope, hope it works out well for him. Yes. Uh, okay. Cool. We talked about Xhaka, um, likely on the way out. Uh, who else is there? Torreira. We touched on. Um, hopefully, we get some good money for him. Gunduzi is the other one. Um, what's the latest with him? Well, it seemed like today. Um, what's his face? Fabrizio Romano. I think he he tweeted about some other player going to Marseille, and then he tweeted and he added at the bottom of it. Um, you know, Marseille still trying to get Gunduzi. So it seems like Marseille is still keen on Guendouzi. Um, It sounds like the fee is in that region of sort of 10 million euros to 15 million euros type type thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it still sounds like that's the case. I, I'm, I'm, it's interesting that it's interesting that there aren't German clubs in for him on the face of it mm. because, you know, he, he had a, he had a chance to advertise himself in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, let, let's see. It feels like our fan base are really not divided, but they're kind of using it as a, a stick to beat the current regime with. The sort of like, oh, clearly he's a talent and he's just got behavioural issues. And if this was Wenger's days, Wenger would have dealt with it. And, and I, I don't quite buy that. Like, I don't, I don't quite accept it anymore. I just think, do you know what? Why Why do you need to put up with it? Like, what? what why do we need you'd to? Have, you'd have to be an absolute, like a world-class talent. Exactly. To, 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 to put up with... That. I mean, I, I kind of—I was on the fence a little bit with him. I would have wouldn't have minded him coming back, you know, if his disciplinary issues and all of that was was had had improved. And because I thought I thought although he although he was it was one of these players where it was quite it was quite difficult to pinpoint exactly what he was really really good at. But then he just seemed to 
almost bring quite a lot to the team, which doesn't always make sense when you say it out loud, but I think you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and obviously his age profile and all of that. Um, and he showed a lot of passion on the pitch, which you know fans like to see. So, but yeah, again, another player, it was sort of wasn't meant to be. And yeah, hopefully it goes on to do quite well, but not, not too well. <laughs> if we're only selling him for sort of. Yeah. I hope we put uh, like a sell on clause. So I feel he feels like, the type of player who could go for significantly more if we, um, you know, if someone manages to get the best out of him. Um, so let's, I hope we sell him and put some smart clauses in. Um, but no, nah, I think there's enough, there are enough good players out there that don't come with this kind of baggage. Yeah, um, it's true. Where, you know, you've, we've seen how important squad morale and kind of, living the right values of the kind of manager and all that stuff has been quite important to Arteta. So I, I think it's just, yeah, like you said, you'd have to be a world-class man manager to turn around someone like him. If you believe what you read in the papers and stuff. Do you guys, do you guys think that, um, like a lot of the reason, uh, what's sorry, uh, one of the reasons that a lot of these deals are taking a long time to almost finalise that we knew that Torreira wanted out, we know that Guendouzi likely to leave. Do you think a lot of that is just around, like you said, Aaron, and you know, getting a sell-on clause in his contract? Like it's just around these kind of finer details of we're trying to get or squeeze every last pound out of some of these deals, or do you think there's other reasons at play? I, I mean, okay, short answer is I don't really know, but. I think, like, from what I've heard from a couple of journalists is that there's a bit of a waiting game going on at the moment in terms of, like, everyone... Nobody really has money this summer in terms of, like, cash to spend this summer, but everyone wants to sell their players for a lot of money. Um, And eventually something's going to give. So, you know, I think I heard someone say... I don't know if Eddie believes that, you know, these Sheffield United players that we've been linked with um, he was like, well, we believe that Sheffield United need the money, so eventually they will sell for a much lower amount rather than risk not selling at all. Um, so everyone's kind of playing that waiting game. Um, and I suspect a few clubs are playing playing that with us, knowing that we need to sell players like Gunduzi. And if they wait, they can get it for a lot cheaper or get him for a lot cheaper. And I think there's, a, there's quite a bit of that going on at the moment. Yeah, I think... I think the clauses thing is a case. I think we've seen with a couple of deals even that we've been linked with recently, right? With the Buendia deal, it felt like that was one of the things that we just weren't willing to do. We weren't willing to give Norwich a sell-on clause um, for, um, you know, future profits of if we would sell him on. But, um, but you know, Villa were like, yeah, go for it, whatever. Um, so it, do- it does feel like those little clauses perhaps, yeah, like you're right, Miles. I, I think um, what I like though, and I think what Aaron has described is what, what I like about how we seem to be going about our business at the moment is it seems like we've been given the green light from the owners to say, all right, listen, fine, we do need to sell players and we we want to sell a load of players, but let's, let's make sure that we don't look like we need to sell to buy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing some of these deals quite early. It looks like we're going to get a couple over the line at least in the next week, right? With Lacongo and Tavares, we can talk about that in a bit. But, like, even with Ben White, all of that stuff, it looks like it's moving, regardless of the fact that we're not really selling all this kind of, you know, and, and, and I hope that will help us eventually with our in our bargaining position. Because otherwise, it is a case of, you know, probably people are sitting there waiting and thinking, well, Arsenal need to sell, so they'll just lower the price, lower the price. But if we can get players in before we have to do that, then fantastic, right? Um but yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. I just I have no clue how much money we have this summer. I think that's the that's the main thing. Is like every time I think I know what's going on, we do something crazy, like bid fifty million for a <laughs> defender. Um, and you know, it's perfectly possible that Kroenke has like actually been like, well, here you go, here's one hundred and fifty million to go and spend this summer. Forget about selling players, just go and rebuild the squad. But the thing, um, the thing I, that Aaron, with that, sorry to interrupt you. The thing that I think like is the added complexity with all that is when you say how much money is there to spend, we we think in cash terms. Yeah, yeah. And in real in in reality, that's not actually how it works, right? Like, so quite the majority of deals aren't one club handing over a bunch of cash to the other yeah, club. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. so that's where it gets really complicated. Like, yeah, I've got no idea how, and how could you? Because if we, at the end of the day, go sign someone for a hundred million, like 
it, it might not even mean that we had a hundred million to spend. It might be that we've agreed like you know five years, twenty million a year. So it's yeah. just hard and then, hard. and the other thing is wages as well, right? Like it comes into it. Like um, some of the players that we're linked to, like that we're sure we'll talk about, they might come with large-ish fees, but they're not going to be demanding one hundred and fifty k a week. Um, and then when you re- renew those players, they're not going to be demanding two hundred k a week in four years time or they're not going to be losing value in four years time so there's this stuff is super complicated it's far more nuanced than you know we have this much to spend this summer this is the money that's there this is the money that's not there and i don't think we will ever really be able to say well like i think we just need to stop being accountants yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so often and just be like actually at the end of the summer have we done the business we need um and you know, whenever I think it's quite like obvious, we're never really going to match the spending power of like Man United, Man City, Chelsea, and that's I think most of us accept that. But are we sensibly rebuilding our squad in the same way a team like Leicester would do, a team like Tottenham would do? Um, because you, you know, you kind of assume that we are at least on par financially with teams like that, if not probably a bit richer. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other any other departures on the horizon? I mean, you know, it looks like the Bellerin rumours of going out are, are still quite rife, and that he seems like he, you know, he's going to leave. But as to where, I think there's a big question, right? Like, it, it, it would seem now the latest link that the media are trying to make anyway is. Oh, Hakimi's leaving Inter to go to PSG. Oh, Bellerin to Inter. You know, that seems like the latest thing. And to be honest, I think, you know, the Italian league will probably suit Bellerin in many ways. So, um, yeah, I'd still be very surprised to see him as an Arsenal player. I think Fabrizio Romano again today sort of said, you know, Arsenal aren't entertaining loan offers um, at, at the moment, which yeah, I'm happy about. I'm, you know, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope it doesn't come to that, right? Where some of these players we go and go, okay, no one's going to buy them. We might as well just loan them. Like that, that'll really annoy me. Um, but um, yeah, but okay, I suppose uh, you know, there's a number of other players who I think we, you know, we we think are going to leave. Um, and one of those players left a very cryptic Instagram message, didn't he? <laughs> of today, Eddie. yeah, yeah. There hasn't been much said about him. I know there was there was a story that said we were considering giving him an extension, but that was it. So, so that, that he he hasn't actually signed a contract yet, yeah. Not as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um, but then, you know, I I saw a couple of links to Brighton earlier in the summer, but that seems to have gone very quiet. So. Yeah, there are a lot of players that I haven't really heard much about. Like players like Lacazette, doesn't sound like he's really been linked with anywhere, so he's probably going to stay. He's out of contract next summer. Eddie is obviously there. Um, Willian's still around. You know, some of our defenders like Cedric, Chambers, all these guys are just sticking around. And there's a goalkeeper situation. So, um, you know, we're still it's still early days, but there is still a significant amount of work left to do on the outgoing front. Uh, Fabrizio did say Williams definitely leaving, didn't he, a few weeks ago? Uh, did he? Yeah, he did say that. He did say that. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's gone quiet. It all has, really, hasn't it? I wonder if it's a case where it's just that because of the because of the tournament and because players are on holiday or whatever. I think like maybe they're all like maybe you've got a number of these players who are going. Actually, I don't. I don't want to make a decision about anything over the next couple of weeks. I just want to, you know, mm. and because you know, like a phrase I always find quite funny in the press is um you know when they talk about a player and they said x player will sit down with arteta and edu at the beginning of preseason i always find that really funny i'm like <laughs> i'm like visualizing that about like have them basically not having a conversation until that point and then sitting down and having a conversation like surely in reality that's just complete nonsense to work like that like i mean i refuse to believe there are players who have no idea about what you know Arteta regards about you know their future at the club until they walk into that meeting in a couple of weeks time do you know what I mean like <laughs> I reckon if it was like a if as a manager like Jose I wouldn't be surprised if that's how he operates do you not think like certain managers operate in that way where they just like if they don't fancy a player they just don't communicate with them for weeks and then just pull them into the office and go like yeah 
I but if you're the player and you wanted to know, wouldn't? So are you suggesting even if the player said like, yeah, he might like, just might just blank it. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's managers like that with like big egos and stuff. I reckon a lot of it is though, like a lot of them have been told, okay, we'll see in the summer, we'll see in the summer, and then they've gone on holiday, and you know, just Edu and Arteta just haven't got round to making a decision. Or like, I think a lot of it will depend on like, does the money come in, and can the can we get a good deal for this player? Like I think we've discussed, like most of our players, if a decent offer came in, you'd probably sell them, right? Mm. So it it purely depends, and a lot of it would be like, well, if good money comes in for this player, then we'll keep the other player and sell this one. Um, so I think a lot of it would be quite reactive rather than being proactive. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, incomings. Raju, I think Raju, it was yourself who just touched on it. So um looks like two signings kind of imminent. Um, Tavares and Lukonga. Is that right? right. <laughs> two guys I'd never heard of before this last couple of weeks. I don't know much about them. The most I know about Tavares is, I think he's 21, Benfica. And you guys were sending me videos yesterday that he likes stocks. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it's just classic, like, for Aronen to really, you know, the only thing, the first thing he'll say, what what negative things can I find? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is, <laughs> well, that is an Aronen thing you know. to do. No, I'm just trying to <laughs> provide, like, so many of our transfer rumours are YouTube clips of, like, the guy's highlights. <laughs> this was the same all thing, that, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all I'm trying to do is provide a balanced view. And in this case, I saw an article, I saw something on Reddit, that basically says, and everyone was going on about how he likes dogs. And, you know, there's, there's a wide spectrum of people and their interactions with dogs. And I, I wasn't going to do any research. So I, I very much outsourced it to you guys and said, guys, there's some news about this guy <laughs> and dogs. Can you just go and let me know what it's all about? <laughs> yeah, like, it, was, it was a bit off key after the investigation, you know. <laughs> Following the investigation, I have to admit, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> you know, he's very. I, I, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, mean, I haven't seen it either. You know, yeah. I, I have a dog. Mice has dogs. Plural. <laughs> like, you know, we love dogs. And where are we going? With this I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying I, was, I was there when before I watched this video. I was very much like, you know what? I'm affectionate to my dog. I kiss my dog. Like, yo, know, that this is not going to be that bad. I kind of looked at it at first. I was a bit like, okay, like, show me. That's very like you. That's fair enough. There's no real boundaries there. And then at another point, I was just like mate like that's just totally not like he's basically <laughs> so the best way i could describe it it's not nothing kinky it's not weird it's not weird like that it's just the best way i could describe it is he looks like he's put food in his throat like really far back in his throat and he's letting the dogs like eat from his mouth so, <laughs> what i heard was like he's french kissing his dog no no but he's not but that's right? it's not he's not like actively i still have to describe it but it, as i said imagine he's submissive he his ma- he's submissive he's <laughs> opening his mouth really wide. <laughs> he's opening his mouth wide, the dog's just listen uh, anyway look, who is right. this guy who is this guy? Point <laughs> who is, hey the last player we had who had a weird thing with dogs was alexis sanchez and that and he, he was a ter- dogs, and he was yeah. a terrific player like you know yeah, he, he was enough. quality um so, I mean, like, I don't want to be, like, Mr. Negative again, but I've heard mixed reports about how good he is. But, you know, he's 21, something like that. Yeah. And I think, and to be fair, I think the dog video was from when he was much younger than that as well, right? So, <laughs> but I think, look, he, assuming we've scouted him properly and there's potential there, like, this is going to be our clear second choice left back, right? It's very, very unlikely that, whoever we sign a second choice right left back is going to eclipse Kieran Tierney as first choice left back. So we need someone who can probably do a job for five, six games, especially this this season, five, six games. Next season, Europa Leagues, Champions Leagues, whatever, Cups become more, um, providing more opportunities. But this next season, it's someone who can just chill on the bench, come in and play a few Cup games. And if there's an injury for four or five games, just not be totally useless. Um, and I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather gamble on someone who we think could get better so, than yeah. sign someone like Ryan Bertrand, who we know isn't going to get better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm all for a signing like this. I think, I think a lot of fans have kind of got behind it. The age profile, the fee seems to be kind of a reasonable fee. Um, you know, we're not going in super cheap where we're signing someone from a 
random like league two club or whatever but um yeah it's interesting what you said Aaron and that you hope we've, we've scouted him properly didn't um Fabrizio also say that we we sort of came across him almost as part of the Guendouzi negotiations or discussions when we're when apparently yeah, I can't people... hope that's not true <laughs> oh no I, I, I must have read that wrong I thought I read that the opposite way around where like I read it that we were in the negotiations for him Oh. He then started talking about the potential of selling Guendouzi to Benfica. Oh, I, I thought I've read it. Yeah, I read it. The, I thought I've read it the other way, which was basically like we we approached them about Guendouzi, and then it sounded like they went, "Hey, we've got this left back. Do you want him?" Yeah, and that's how I understood it as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll have, maybe. We'll have, I don't know. Um, it's bloody Fabrizio's English, mate. Sort it out. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, you know what I, what I would say? What I'd say is, what fa- fans like wind me up. Some our fans wind. <laughs> One, yeah, Sorry, mate. a lot of things yeah no it's you. okay so <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know why i'm trying to hide it so aaron and winds me up <laughs> like, so, no actually it wasn't you that said this one so i'm not gonna blame you um but if we're signing a 21 year old left back for what's that, about eight million euros they said right which like you say it's like it's very low um yeah okay it's not it's not free but it's it's very low like you, you can't have everything. There's no. If he was an awesome left back and there was no questions about his ability, you're not going to get him for eight million euros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it. Like we 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 can't spend big to get a backup left back. And I agree with what Aaron is saying is about like it's quite good to have someone who probably who can get better as opposed to someone who you know we know can't get better. But and. You know, he's not going to be perfect. So I agree because I, I read a lot of mixed reports about him as well. And, and I was a bit like, okay, cool. But I re- really was not expecting but, a report to say he's meant, you know, he's going to be this like elite next best bloody Roberto Carlos or whatever. So do you know what I mean? Like it's, it probably. I think for me, it's like as long as he doesn't, isn't like a Alex Runison, <laughs> where it's like this guy is clearly not good enough, but he's cheap. So we're just going to get him in because of what someone said. Like, and as long as he's not actively costing us games, I don't think he's, if he's playing for Benfica, he's not going to be that bad. Um, but 8 million quid, like if it turns out in two years time that he hasn't improved and he's just not amazing and there are better players on the market, someone who's played left back for Arsenal and Benfica at 22, 23 is, you know, you're not going to lose a lot of money on, you can sell him for 10 million, 15 million and someone will pay that. Mm. So it's it's the type of signing that is quite you know relatively risk free in that sense, both financially and from a footballing sense, because we've got our main left back, we've given him a five year contract, he's not going anywhere. So let's just get it done and then just focus on other areas of the squad. It's far more important that we improve our first team, yeah. our first eleven, than worry if our second choice left back is, <laughs> like you said, gonna be the next Roberto Carlos. Yep. Yep. Um other player I mentioned was Lakonga. Um, I think he's also 21. Um, a little bit more money. Um, central midfield. I don't know very much about him, to be honest, apart from the odd kind of Twitter Twitter clip or YouTube clip um, of his highlights. Any any kind of initial thoughts, guys, if that one goes through? Well, I'd say, like, I think with both of them, the omens are good from the perspective that they come from clubs who generally, like, have quite a good record of selling players who go on and doing pretty impressive mm. things like an andelect are that version in belgium right and they've had some fantastic exports like you know amazing ex- exports from that club and um and with Lakonga, he's 21 and i believe he's captain of of andelect oh really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That, that's that can't that that can't be straightforward thing to do at 21 um so in in, in that way the omens are good and you know from what it sounds like is We've had overwhelmingly positive reports because Arteta's got really good relationship with Vincent Company, obviously from the time at, at City and and stuff. And Vincent Company's obviously apparently said very positive things. Thierry Henry has said very positive things from being part of the Belgium setup. So it feels like we've had enough insight. Um, and in terms of the type of player he is, 
I've I've never watched a, an Anderlecht game in my life other than <laughs> played Arsenal. I think you know a couple of times in the past, but you know YouTube will tell me very accurately um, that, <laughs> that actually he seems like someone who can play as a six or play as an eight and basically does a lot of very good running, has a good passing range, uh, and and can carry the ball and break the lines, you know, with the ball or or or, 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 or through passing. So it feels like someone who put it this way he actually seems like a bit of a basuma type Mm -hmm. like he doesn't seem like a goal scoring midfielder um but he seems like someone who who'd be a bloody good like engine room type which and and maybe this is maybe actually we're not going to go in for a a, a basuma now who it looked like you know we were we were really really you know close to getting him and maybe this is someone who we think is going to go straight into the first team um but uh that's what that's what i was gonna ask do you think he is gonna be assuming jacko goes and sabios has gone um do you think he's going to be the the partner for Partey? i think that we're gonna so my short answer is no um i think maybe i think i think you know in the sense that i do see us going in for another cm personally i see us going Mm -hmm. in for another one um but I think it will be, uh, depending on who we play, you know, if we need two engine room type centre midfielders, then, you know, Partey and, and Lukonga could play. And you know, it's, I think it's just important we have different profiles of, of midfielder. But I think it would be asking a lot and it would be a big technical risk of the club to go into next season and and expect your kind of starting central midfielder to be a 21-year-old from Anderlecht, like, um, you know, without any Premier League experience. Uh, that would be a little bit of a concern for me without a... A, a, you know a good fallback and so um i can see him more being someone who will compete for places but i'd be surprised if we don't go in for another cm yeah i'd hope we get someone up as well okay um and the i guess the like like i said at the start right uh we started started discussing this sort of segment lots of players that we've been link, linked with across various positions but the other kind of very strong uh, link and uh, it seems like we've we've put in a couple of bids for is Ben White um, of Brighton. Um, I think we've gone up. Have we gone up to fifty million pounds? It sounds like it sounds like it. it sounds like we're around that mark. Yeah, pretty big money. Um, and we we were having a chat, weren't we, a few weeks ago about uh, you know centre backs, as you said, Aaron, and you know a lot of players. You know, there's a, a number of bodies uh, in in that position. Um, despite Louise leaving, um, and even with Mavropanos leaving, um, but it looks like we are after a right-sided centre back, basically to replace David Louise, um, placing the squad. Um, don't know what that also, what the kind of implications that means means for the likes of Saliba. Rob Holdings just signed a new contract, so it doesn't look like he's going to be going anywhere. But just generally, you know, Ben White um, is in is with England at the moment. But um, you know, thoughts on him and and centre back as well uh, in terms of you yeah, know, numbers numbers in the squad. I think the only way you can really analyse this signing is one of those which is like, what else do we do at the end of the season, at the end of the summer? And if for whatever reason we've signed Ben White, who I think. You know, I'm I'm going to openly admit I didn't know too much about him until he got called up for England, and you know, obviously since he's been linked with us, so yeah, it's clear he's obviously a very good ball playing centre back with good passing ability. You can also defend pretty well, um, but if we sign someone like him and then don't get something else that we need done because we don't have money, that to me doesn't seem very sensible. If we sign him and get everything else done, then that's really good because you can't be against good centre-backs and good players joining Arsenal because that's great. So it very much depends on like how we prioritise this, this this signing in the wider context of things because I think there are a few more urgent areas that need addressing. But if we do that plus this one, then it's great. But do you not, I mean, just to kind of counter that, like I'm not saying this is necessarily how I feel, but do you not feel like if the club have identified someone like Ben White at I think he's 23 years old, you know yeah. he's made that made the squad for the Euro, so England international, <clears throat> you know potential ceiling of whatever it is, you know potentially they're looking at him becoming one of the kind of best centre backs in the league in a, in the next few years, and if they can get him now for 50 million, because from what I understand, when he was on loan at Leeds, he was immense. 
it was really really yeah. good um as well uh and I've, i think there were a few other like the, the big clubs were after him or you know it's kind of interested in him then so it's, it seems like one of these signings that if it does go through it's almost like we would have beaten potentially beaten quite a few of the other big clubs to to get him so do you not think over the course of a couple of transfer windows um if it means that a signing might only happen in january or next summer because we are able yeah. to secure someone like Ben White. Again, I don't know that much about him, like you said. Didn't know much about it's him. It's not season. like we're getting him on the cheap early on, are we? Look. Well, he might be, though. That's what I'm saying. So 50 million for a 23-year-old English centre-back who could arguably... And I, again, we don't know, right? We're all spe- with speculation, but, but that it could end up... But price of English... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's pretty... It's a pretty... It's, like, John Stones was... Yeah, it's not... Sort of 50 yeah, it's not, million, It's right? cheap, but I mean, like... You wouldn't say he's worth, I don't know, maybe you might think he's going to be worth more than 50 million in a few years' time, and maybe he could be, right? But unless, like, unless so he goes for, he's not going to go for significantly much more than what we've been linked for, for, right? I don't think he's going to go for 70 or 80 million. I don't think anyone else is going to pay that. So it's much more about, well, if we do have 50 million to, to spend, I'm sure next season we could also go and get another promising young English centre back for 50 million too, because it's not like it's a, like a bargain. Like the idea, and, we do have other players who could potentially do that. Like that's the whole reason we and we we signed someone like Saliba because we thought he was going to be the next centre back for us for ten years. Um, and I think, like I think, if he joins, if Ben White joins, I will be very happy. And it's not going to be a bad signing for us because I think he's got the right profile, he's got the right attributes, and he certainly could become better. It's more just if that stops us doing something that's potentially more important like a number 10 or another central midfielder um or even like a right back those all seem like much more important areas given we've got players like Saliba and Holding who you know whilst they may not be elite I certainly think can do a job but the thing that muddies this is I don't believe it's always as straightforward as saying you know if we sign a centre back for this much, that will stop us signing a player for this. But I think the thing that muddies it is, you know, we we look a, a bit too much sometimes about their literal position versus actually what attributes they bring to the side, and therefore what we could therefore do tactically, and how having a centre back with certain attributes could actually genuinely have impacts on how we set up the rest of our team. And therefore, it might mean that we don't need a certain profile of central midfielder than we thought we did before. Mm. And, and 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 I really think football has progressed tactically to a point where things like that are important. Like, I, there's a fantastic video that breaks down sort of Ben White's career over, you know, his time at Leeds and his, his, his time at Brighton, um, on, on uh, done by Alex Stewart, who writes for The Athletic. Like, and it was a really, it's a really good video. And it it just shows in a lot of detail about the types of positions that he's able to take up on the pitch because of the very specific qualities that he has and therefore the systems that he has enabled and how other players have been able to do certain things because he's able to do certain things. I mean, he can play right back as well, can't he? He played right back, played uh, central what if, midfielder. What if we're just signing him as a like, better Or a central midfielder. He played I mean, seven no times. One, seven, no one's clocked. He played seven yeah. times in defensive midfield last yeah. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I think, and I think it's all about because these days, I think Arteta is into this as well. It's all about air, you know, how you occupy areas and what specific players do in those very specific areas. And I was reading this other article which just talked about how you know some of the top teams and the things that they work on. They work on being in positions that aren't too far away from the ball if you lose it. You know, kind of we're talking about like intricate details of you yeah, know like yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I think so. You know, not to get you know too over the top here, but but I think the point is is that. It might not be a case of just uh, do we need to spend lots of money on a centre-back and more around if we sign a centre-back who has all those characteristics, does it enable us to do things that are just like very different? And and I think that's what it sounds like. And look, if we take a step back and we think about last season and we think about the fact that we genuinely were a different side in terms of how we played when David Luiz was in the team versus Rob Holding – it was a completely different type of, you know, movements and positional play and uh, things that opened up, you know, the diagonal balls and and whatnot. And you know, um, in a similar way, I think it's important that we kind of do we do appreciate that. Um, and with Saliba, I still think that there is there is faith, perhaps, that you know he can become a you know a, a starting player for Arsenal. Like, but 
he's still 20 years old and he still never played in the Premier League. Um, you know, like, and I think we keep forgetting that because of the price tag. We keep forgetting the fact that he's just 20 years old and he's not played in the Premier League. And I, I'm sh- I'm sure, like, he, he, you know, he, he'll have a great career. But, um, you know, but, but I think we're all in agreement in terms of we would welcome the signing of Ben White. Um, and I do think overall, despite what I've said, is, you know, we do need to see at the end of this window how it all looks. Um but what I love, I love the thought that we have identified a player and we've said, that's who we want in this position. And if we're going to have to pay like a little bit more than a cheaper alternative, then fine. But that's who we want. I quite yeah, like I, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's if, for example, we did sign Ben White, who I think, like we said, we agree he's going to be good and sounds like he's going to be worth that much money because he is in England. Oh, sorry, that's my Alexa going off. Um, oh, I hate that bloody thing. Um, I think we, we agree that... It, he is you know, certainly worth that that level of money. If they turned around and said, right, that's it. We just don't have enough money now to go and buy a number 10. Mm-hmm. Or, and, that, and therefore, we're just going to have to risk Smith Rowe for the whole season. Or we're going to have to deal with Lokonga and Partey, and that's it. Um, that just seems to me to be too much of a compromise. Yeah. But this it goes back to what I said, which is I don't, I don't know how much money we have to spend and, you know, even this whole just adding up the transfer fees isn't really a sensible way of looking at it because it's so much more complicated than that because someone like Ben White, who we could get for £50 million, probably isn't going to want a huge amount of wages um, versus going and getting, you know, another 27-year-old centre-back, for example. So all these things are a lot more complicated than just simply saying well we spent 50 million pounds here therefore we can't do this which is which is kind of why i think let's just see where we are at the end of the summer to say have we done have we addressed the needs to be competitive with the squad for next season to like because to push us into top four um and that's the only real way you can look at the summer yeah. Be, that's a sensible way mate but the problem is we're all on twitter aren't we so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems to be changing every day but yeah no um all right boys no good chat um i guess the next time we speak next week couple of weeks not sure exactly when hopefully some of these deals might have advanced to the point they're actually confirmed both outgoings and incomings but yeah it's going to be really interesting i guess it's all about it's all about the euros as well for now in england so um yeah all right boys Good one. Good chat. And uh, we will see everyone next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.